Ladies and gentlemen, this is Paused Reviews. Welcome, welcome one and all to your favorite podcast, The Paused Reviews Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Frank, joined by my co-host, Tim. Welcome, Tim. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, man. I feel like I've been talking to you a lot today. We have, <laughs> <laughs> have we hit our quota? <laughs> have we hit our limit? <laughs> it is true, yeah. Actually, we saw each other in the flesh from a socially distanced distance and with yeah. wearing masks and such. As Tim mentioned in the last episode that we just majorly glossed over, him and his right. wife are expecting their first. So me and my wife, who have shut down the factory, God willing, we dropped off a bunch of our old stuff. Yeah. So we saw each other in person, and now we see each yeah. other remotely. Exactly. And uh, and Tim's back to being shirtless, and I'm back to being pantsless. Yeah, I had to put on a shirt so we could you know entertain company on our doorstep for a few minutes because <laughs> we still don't have air conditioning, and I still don't like wearing clothes when we don't have air conditioning. Dude, so... that's bananas. So why are we here today? Why have we gathered? We are here this week to talk about the Richard Curtis film about time. So as always, the first things first, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, we are going to talk about it at length. And so, uh, you know, if you want to go watch it first, absolutely do that. We recommend it for these deep dive episodes. Go watch the movie, come back, listen to this episode. I think you'll get a lot more out of it. Plus, we kind of bounce around a bit, and we just, we essentially, I mean, we talk assuming you've seen it, so if you haven't seen it yet, it will, uh, it could probably be very confusing, especially once yeah, we start sure. adding in time travel. I mean, and it's going to be very confusing for me, because this guy's name is Tim, and very Ooh. rarely I didn't even I think see... about that. Yeah, very rarely do, uh, I mean, my name doesn't come up that often, I don't feel like, in, in pop culture stuff, um. So, so even reading through the notes, I was like, wait, I said that? Oh, no, we're talking about the other Tim. Got it. That's yeah. actually a good thing. I remember, ooh, actually, someone we both know, uh, Gary, my my yeah. old boss, your coworker. So Gary one time told me about a time where he heard his name in a commercial or something, and he was, he was saying that, yeah, and I did look into it, and there is truth to this. I'm not sure that it's like a 100% given thing, but it's definitely truth to this. That if you see names in commercials, things like that, I mean, they used to use common names, popular names, but the problem with that is, you know, if... You know, if you use Joe and you're, and Joe is an idiot in a commercial, and then all of a sudden there's a Joe, right? And especially nowadays, yeah. like, y you would hate to think that something that you made for entertainment causes somebody to hurt themselves or whatever because now they're yeah. being mocked relentlessly. So the point is, is that when they make commercials and they, and they use things in pop culture, they tend to be names that are not... Mm, I don't know that they're kind of on their way out like that yeah, there's sure. not maybe yeah. a lot of people naming their kids this or anyway so he heard his name Gary and he was like dude I never hear a Gary and then all of a sudden there's Gary's everywhere because there's just not that many new Gary's if you get my point so right. I guess you know it's a good thing if you're watching stuff there's no, there's, and there's not a there's lot no of Tim's named Gary 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, can you? It's funny because when, especially when you know Gary, he's he's a perfect Gary. Like you're like, yeah, man, your name is Gary. Like that makes sense, yeah. you know. Right. Uh, but if if someone like showed me their baby, I was like, oh, this is Gary. I'm like, no, it isn't. That's a baby. Right. <laughs> like his right. name is you know Billy until he's right. 27 at least, and then you can name him Gary. Like, but not right. now. <laughs> so, anyways um but hey but my point is if you're not hearing your name a lot in pop culture it's probably a good thing it means that your name is still quite popular and yeah, i don't th- i yeah. mean tim's not going anywhere like the world yeah, will be yeah. making timothy's until the sun expands and absorbs us into its violent embrace yes yeah, that said it's very Ooh, that rare that dark. i meet another one Although there were three, there were three of us at uh, a previous job. Three, four, four. Uh, and when I left, I uh, there was only one left, and I got an email from the last standing Tim, and all the email said was, "I told you there could only be one." Yes. So by the, the time I left, there was, real. Only, <laughs> there was only one Tim left. And so, did, did you I mean, notice the at the next job, like there was just you were just a little less. Right, like, like he had absorbed your life force and become even more powerful. Yeah, man, I've never met. I've never met another Francisco ever, 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 ever in any job, school, nothing. But I did grow up in Southern Virginia, so it was it was a pretty safe bet I'd be the only one. I'm actually surprised that I've forgotten until now the fact that there's that line in Elf where he's like, Francisco. Dude, I live my life for that. There, that movie <laughs> is my favorite Christmas movie just because my name is in it. And that's actually probably one of the lines that uh, I think is quoted in my family uh, uh, a, a lot from that movie is that. And the fact that I've never or my wife has never said that to you is actually shocking (laughs) dude well from now on when that happens you can be like hey guys relax i know one of those (laughs) all right so about time let's get into sort of the details so we talked about spoiler alerts where can you watch it this movie is available right now currently as of today on netflix available on Mm -hmm. netflix and i not only go watch it on netflix I highly recommend purchasing this movie, especially if you're a fan of Richard Curtis's work. About yep. Time was released in 2013, directed and written by Richard Curtis. And we've said that name a lot, and I'm sure you've heard it a lot if you've watched anything. Um, so in terms of directing, he only has five directing credits compared to his 58 writing credits. And Jeez. among the movies he's written on top of About Time was Love Actually and Pirate Radio. Those were probably his other big like mainstream, you know, across the pond, worldwide released films. In terms of writing, he's written everything else so richard curtis wrote uh yesterday which was a movie tim reviewed a couple of weeks ago in a previous rewind episode that makes so so much sense now because there's just that odd supernatural element to this movie and that movie and it feels very similar now that that maybe why this movie felt kind of familiar Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that is that I I feel like as I read these off, you will find that to be true of his stuff. Like when I tell you the things he's written, you'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I get that. Um, Okay, so yesterday he wrote Mamma Mia 2. He wrote Pirate Radio, War Horse, Notting Hill, Love Actually, Four Weddings and a Funeral, Bridget Jones's Diary, and Bridget Jones' Edge of Reason. And he also wrote the character in a lot of the episodes of Mr. Bean and 
Black Adder for Rowan Atkinson. So he mm. has done a ton, a ton of work, and I'm sure a lot of stuff you've seen. Um, you know, obviously, notably Notting Hill, Love Actually, Four Weddings, Bridget yeah. Jones. I mean, these are huge, huge titles, massive, massive films. Yep. Budget for this movie was 12 million. Worldwide gross was 87 million. Not too bad for a rom-com like this and one that you know about time didn't really get a lot of the advertising and marketing and all that kind of stuff that something like a uh, love actually or four weddings or something like that got before it so you know 87 million on 12 million is not a bad haul yeah that's it it is i mean there is some interesting star power ish in it i mean i think um rachel mcadams was a little bit at the height-ish of her kind of career around this time of this movie. Um, uh, You know, Bill Nighy, uh, I think Donald Gleason maybe is a little more more well-known now-ish, at least on the American side, because of Star Wars and some of the other stuff that he's done. Um, I don't know that I would have recognized him at the time, um, but I definitely recognize him now. (laughs) 100%. This movie, in terms of you know, from from an American perspective, this is yeah. definitely a coming out for Donald Gleason, and you know, and I mean, Bill Nye, well established. You know, Tom yeah. Hollander is in this movie. You may not know the name, you know the face. He plays Harry in this. He was in the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, but the big one he was in for me was 2005 Pride and Prejudice, the one with. Um, Matthew McFadden and um, Kira Knightley, and mm. he he plays the cousin who is the like the reverend or whatever the vicar of this parish, and he's going after Lizzie and and on. But his character is so funny in that movie, and it's it's not that it's intentionally funny, but it's just what he brings to the table is so good. I love Tom Hollander, and so seeing yeah. him, and he is awesome in this movie harry is a constant just like pressure release valve guaranteed to just be so dark and outlandish and insane absolutely um vanessa kirby also kind of a coming out for her you know she goes on from this to star in the crown which we are all well aware of and then from there uh in terms of like i said the american market uh goes into Hobbs and Shaw so she plays Hobbs's or uh, Shaw's sister in Hobbs and Shaw and Mm -hmm. and boom I mean she's another one of my favorites and you already mentioned Rachel McAdams and then Marco Robbie also has a small role in this so this movie is stacked with a lot of people who even if you don't know who they are or you know them really well now this was like one of the first times that we get exposed to them uh in in one of these movies because they were primarily UK actors yeah all right, so what's this movie about? Um, so quick synopsis, uh, Donald Gleason time. plays... It's about time. <laughs> well played, sir. Donald Gleason plays a character named Tim, and he, on his 21st birthday, is, or shortly thereafter, is told by his dad, played by Bill Nye, that uh, the men in his family can travel back in time. And we are given a few quick rules. They can only travel to points where they have lived and remember. And I think the example he uses is I can't go, you know, kill Hitler or whatever. Um, Or bang uh, Helen Helen of Troy. Troy? (laughs) Yeah. And they can't travel into the future. And we'll talk a little bit about this. 
Yeah. Maybe, maybe we will, maybe we won't. But the the there's uh, the point is he discovers that he can travel in time within his own life. And so with this, and his father also kind of outlines that the men of his family have done different things with this. Some have chased money, some success, some, you know, whatever. And his his thing was books. He wanted to, I mean, that felt kind of weird. And I don't, and I don't think that's really what it is. And, we'll, you know, when we get into that, there's, there's several sort of paths that this film takes in terms of what they sort of discover. Yeah. But um, out the gate, Tim makes it clear Oh, that is gonna be weird, right? <laughs> Why don't we just? Well, I guess we'll have to say Dono. Like, I don't know. <laughs> um, all right, whatever. It's Tim, Tim in the movie. Movie Tim. Movie Tim. <laughs> so, movie Tim makes it clear that what he's gonna look for is love. Love is what he wants. That's how he defines happiness in his life, and that's what he's gonna use this gift for. Mm-hmm. So he, in the course of his life, he he kind of goes about things. He meets Rachel McAdams, who plays Mary and falls in love and then through a series of events you know as he travels here and there he has her loses her gets her then life continues and we'll talk a little bit more detail about that as we sort of break down the love aspect of this movie but you know it's it's fun it's a it's a really cool sweet cute little mechanic to use in something like this, I, I think it's certainly not something groundbreaking or or something that we've never seen before. But in the context of a romantic movie, like a pure rom-com type movie, it's a lot of fun, unexpected, and it makes it really unique. It's it's kind of a fresh take on a really tr- tired, not tired, but a really like tried and tested yeah. deal. I think that's a fair thing to say for sure. So let's talk about some trivia and fun facts. I've really got one. And this this movie won some awards, but the the thing I find interesting is that Zoe De Chanel was actually originally cast in the role of Mary, but had to back out due to some scheduling conflicts. When I read that, and I don't I don't know, maybe this is just because now I've seen it so many times with Rachel McAdams in the role of Mary, but I'm really glad it was McAdams instead of Zoe De Chanel. I just think De Chanel lacks sort of like this the I don't know how to put this. So kind of follow me down this path, but she kind of lacks the rom-com charm that you expect in a role like this. You know, I think she has too much of, of a vibe that I can't quite put my finger on, but it makes her perfect for roles like summer in 50 days of summer, which is sort of like deep indie intense type thing. Um, or, or a role like Jess in new girl, which is just heavy comedy. I feel like rom-com sort of lies somewhere in the middle. And she seems to be an actor that brings kind of all or nothing on one of the, on one end of the spectrum or the other. I don't really see her in that sort of subtle gray zone that she would need to be in a role like Mary. I, I don't know. What did you think? Uh, I absolutely agree. And I think the vibe is the manic pixie dream girl kind mm. of indie indie is like, definitely what's yeah, like yeah right and i think she needs to be tim's wife or eventual wife in this movie needs to be a straight character right like mm. shouldn't be quirky or funny in their own right except in the moments where they need to be and there there are a few of those and i think if she was played by a quirky person it wouldn't work for the same reason that rachel mcadams makes sense in wedding crashers if she was 
equally weird, like, um, you know, like her Isla sister. Fisher. Oh, yeah. Then yeah. that just, it doesn't work. She needs to be the kind of even person. There needs to be a kind of true north uh, for Tim in this movie to come back yeah. to, like, a, yeah. a constant, you know? Um, and she's very safe. And I just, I yeah, I don't see... I don't see Zoe Deschanel being that right. She'd be too quirky for this movie who has plenty of other quirky characters. I mean, Tim's sister is really out there and I just don't know if she tried to play it straight. Like she actually bothers me in elf. Cause I don't think she works for that character in elf. I agree she's little, completely. She's a little odd in that movie. And I just don't, I think with Will Ferrell, you needed somebody who was a little bit more, normal <laughs> you know Not what odd. and it's funny i could totally see zoe deschanel in a role like kit kat sort of that yeah. space cadet off the walls you know that kind yes. of thing you know there was even in like the happening uh m night Shyamalan's movie which is a horrible movie but Terrible. she's the wife and sort of in the course of the movie becomes a mother fake and i just i couldn't buy it i couldn't see it and rachel mcadams i see her as the innocent self-conscious single girl looking for love but looking for someone kind and gentle like she is a like a, a gentle soul and when she finds it though she makes this hard switch to being mother and wife and you buy that too yes. she's yep. perfect and i think you nailed it i think you nailed yes. it non-movie tim real life tim tim irl <laughs> it is <laughs> you know yeah i i couldn't see it and i'm glad I'm glad it didn't work out because I think casting Rachel McAdams makes this movie. She brings, and she also just brings, when you have a cast of characters who aren't as, like Donald Gleason is not, is not Hugh Grant. He is not a tried and tested rom-com British actor. And so, you know, Rachel McAdams sort of brings authenticity and, and, and it makes this feel vetted and genuine because we are comfortable seeing her in this type of role and so it sort of brings you know it just brings legitimacy to this movie and there's another aspect to this too that i think we're forgetting is that she's an american right in this and, movie yeah and, plays american and, yeah and she plays an american she so, and we know we don't really know why it's never really established why she's in in England, um, her parents show up for a brief scene at one point. She, uh, it's not established if it was for school or work or, or something like that. She's just she's there, and she's a believable American character that you know you never you never right. really want to know why she's there. And she's not out there. She's not zany where it's like oh she's a, you know she's not a character caricature. And I think if they had played her you know in, as an actress like you know who that would be more of a american caricature it would throw it off too you just you never have to worry about it she's there and you accept that she's there and she seems kind of like a cultured-esque person and she's obviously lived there for a while so i think it, she just works for this this part really, that's really well. such a good point it's so it's so common and so easy that the americans in these types of movies are played up to be the, exactly like you're saying the character yeah. or the caricature of an American or how yeah. they see us and and this is not the case here she's treated she's she's a true expat 
and and yeah. not only it's so funny because not only do we accept her as someone who is comfortable living there her best friend is british she you know falls she very much just falls in line with with that yeah. life so we accept her as being an expat there but it also is like the the movie has accepted her like yeah. you know she's just part of this story like anybody else and it's not funny that she's american it, it's just it just it's is never even really it's never really even acknowledged it's never even acknowledged which you know what it's funny and i mean this is maybe going a step too far but i think it's what makes this movie feel so good is like you know it's, i'm in a mixed race marriage and so right. but when you're in the relationship and in the marriage you just don't even think about it like it doesn't even <laughs> it doesn't even cross our minds or my mind in our day-to-day -day and within our bubble that i'm brown she's white our kids are mixed race you know what i mean like none of that even comes to pass and this movie yeah. it feels real and natural because it just is what it is and it's a non-issue and it yep. just and it the story goes on but it's also yeah. great that it's it's just sort of this mix of characters that inherently sort of adds comedy levity and and whatever to to certain situations yep, so for sure Anyways, um, there are a couple. There's a couple really great scenes and a couple great lines where when he, when Donald Gleason, when when movie Tim is meeting her parents for the first time, she's like, "Oh, my parents are coming," and he goes, "American parents," and you're just kind of like, "What does that mean?" Not explained. We move on, yeah. right? And then there's great parts where she is talking and 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 uses sort of British slang without being questioned right so she she's doing kind of this strip thing for him to make decisions on their wedding and she's saying you know answer this question i'll take my underwear off but she's like don't you want these pants to come off and an american watching it is like well your pants are off you're in your underwear but to the brits pants are underwear and so right. but again like but they don't even talk about the difference it isn't she doesn't say underwear it's it all just flows seamlessly in and that's a huge testament to the writing right richard yeah. curtis is writing it's there's it's in there and it's all woven in and you don't even think about it which is yep. which is awesome yep all right overall opinion we've kind of talked about this already a little bit i love this movie but i also am a huge richard curtis fan i love how he writes i love how he writes about love he writes it so beautifully this movie in particular you know love actually has a little bit of this but love actually is one of those you know, ensemble movies that kind mm -hmm. of throws a lot of like shotguns, a lot of storylines at you. It doesn't take away for how, from how good it is. It's a great Christmas movie, but about time is a superior movie and, and it's, and it's gorgeous. You feel good the whole time you're watching it. This movie yeah. makes you feel nothing but good things. And even the sad moments, which are devastatingly sad and heartbreaking it's still it's just life and everything just feels very real and it's written perfectly um if you are a fan of four weddings and a funeral Notting hill and and i mentioned love actually you're gonna love this movie and those are all among like my all-time favorite romance movies and this one sits comfortably among them i i already said i think you know, I think this is better than Love Actually, not as good as Four Weddings or Notting Hill. I think those mm -hmm. are just like epic movies. Um, yeah. But this one is right there. And if you're talking about like the Richard Curtis sort of, you know, hierarchy or whatever, maybe number three. 
you know so yeah, yeah. you know I, I i also love how he explores more than just the romantic love and especially in this one there's a lot it's about yes. family there's it's about friendships it's about all kinds of stuff um and, and again I, I think it's i think it's amazing i love this movie yeah um no i i agree um I mean, I think this is. I think it's probably been on Netflix for a while. Um, yeah, so I think I I've seen it while, while I've scrolled through a couple times and never really paid it much attention. Um, and that's kind of disappointing in retrospect because I actually really feel like you can relate to this movie almost at any age. Agreed. And and you're spot on when you say like own this movie because you're going to get a different feel out of this movie depending on where you are in your life. You know, if it's an early on thing and you know you regret that that um, you know that midnight kiss um, that you didn't get at New Year's or you know that first date or the beginning of your relationship or your wedding or you know then we get to later on when uh, when is when his dad dies and we you know, the, the loss of a parent and then the birth of his children. There's just, there's so much relatable because they cover such a wide swath of his life they do. that you're going to get feels from some part of this movie. For whatever reason, I think the parts that, that affected me the most in this were uh, the death of his dad. Like that was really relatable. And I think because we're about to have our first kid and I, it's really relatable in there being like, oh, I can have another kid or I can never see my, my, my dad again. And just to kind of feel that, like there's that excitement, but then that pain, I, it's just there, there's just too much in this movie that it, that is too relatable. Um, Cause it hits all the milestones of a life and it's, it's really sweet. The friendship aspect, the, the friend aspect. I thought it was really great early on. You see a scene where Tim comes home and he's living with a, one of his dad's friends, Harry, um, that, that Frank has mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. And uh, Harry is a, a playwright, a, a well-ish known playwright, but he hasn't maybe had his masterpiece yet. And um, Tim comes back from the state where he's met Mary, Rachel McAdams, and uh, Harry's play is opened and one of the actors totally bit the dust, forgot his line. They, you find out that they sat there for half an hour while the guy's stammering over his line. And that's all the reviewers are going to pay attention to. Without thinking, Tim goes back and goes to the play with Harry and uh, fixes it. You know, helps him, helps the actor remember his lines through, you know, some kind of trial and error (laughs) there a couple of times. Um, But doesn't even consider or doesn't realize at the time that that wipes out his first date. Right. But he was just off the cuff. Harry really didn't do anything to him at this point in the movie to earn that kind of thing. But that just sets you up for what this movie is about. Tim is really almost selfless through the rest of this movie. And I think that is important because this story could go kind of dark and could get kind of creepy at points. And it doesn't. And it just keeps it in a very sweet, and um adorable kind of vein it's just it it is a really good feel good movie and to top that off i like the 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 perspective um you know frank and i chatted a little bit off air that this is a a kind of a a very stereotypical thing for richard curtis to write these rom-com or love movies from the male perspective mm-hmm. um which i don't think i don't feel like that is a common thing when you think of rom-com you think it's going to be a chick flick and this is not a, a, a quote-unquote chick flick at all um i just really like the 
the male perspective in this story and it's just that coming of it fits for the coming of age thing for sure it is just a very very um sweet movie for sure yeah i think sweet is definitely the way to put it and you know and i love your example too the character of tim in this i mean not only so i mean boy scout doesn't you know do it justice you know selfless for sure he is he's almost perfect and and even when he makes mistakes like he when in this moment he goes on this date with mary their first date they meet by chance in this moment and they (laughs) nail it right like his life is set up for success from this moment forward he comes back and his friend needs him and and what's funny is so far the movie hasn't even set him up as that much of a friend like (laughs) the one of my favorite scenes is when oh, Harry it's... and Tim meet for the first time. And Absolutely. So the way they meet is, I guess Harry knows Tim's dad from way back whenever. And when when Tim is moving to England or to London, he uh, his dad sets him up because his buddy Harry has this room. And when they meet, Harry is a complete dick and and just awful. And everything he says is terrible he but every scene every moment with him is incredible he's just embittered and and it's and what makes it so funny is because this movie is just candy coated sweetness harry is the turd in the bag yeah and it's hilarious and it's amazing and you need that because it isn't like the pressure valve for tension it's just the pressure valve for sweetness that this this does but it also grounds tim and it makes his selflessness so much more genuine because he doesn't Mm -hmm. exist in a world where everything is fun and cozy and nice you know his sister is very troubled and harry is a dark character and so tim exists in a world that is our world and it makes it awesome but i'm getting off script well off script but the the point i wanted to make is that when he goes back to help harry and realizes that it costs him meeting mary it isn't an option for him to go back and undo helping harry so he can have mary he finds another way to get mary and so you know like he doesn't even if a friend needs him that need and his love for his friend is equal to his desire for love for mary and and that's something very different which really comes off it's it's awesome it's awesome in this which makes it where if you don't relate to the love story but maybe you would relate more to the friendship or more to the family you know he Mm -hmm. gives equal due to each storyline in this movie so that you can connect wherever your through line is yeah and i i think i definitely I want to touch on the, you know, the family story and, and versus the love story, because we see that come uh, up a lot, but I think, I, I think what we want to do is, is kind of digest this time travel aspect a little bit before we get mm. too far down. <laughs> I debated, down I debated. Here. Do we start with the love story? Do we start with the time travel? But yeah, I think time travel. Yeah. I, I, so I think it's typical of a time travel movie and even the best, right? Uh, and I think you probably say Back to the Future is is like the, you know, the pinnacle of time travel movies, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you start pulling at the threads and we're going to have problems, right? 
what I think this movie does really, really well is just establish this as simple fact. Right. Right. And that is what happens in a good movie, especially when you're dealing with supernatural elements. X exists. We're in a world where that is just a thing and we move on. Right. Mm -hmm. Whether it's, uh, you know, men in black or ghostbusters or Harry Potter, it's just like, we live in a world where this exists. We don't need any further backstory. And we go from there. So keeping it that simple, um, I think was really key to helping me not ask questions about this. Because as you said, on his 21st birthday, Tim's dad lays it out to him and says, hey, we can do this thing. Don't know how, don't know why, but we can. And your grandfather could do it. And my brothers could do it. And here we are. And that's it. Right. That's it. So I think that's really key to kind of driving that aspect. I mean, because it's the major plot point of the entire movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I think that's that is important. I, I think that if you're gonna make a movie about time travel, rule number one is, you know, keep it simple and yeah. don't explain it. Just have it exist. The more you try to explain, you will back yourself into a corner from which there is no return. The internet will find your faults. <laughs> and, right. you know, and, and I think what's important in this movie and what makes it believable is the wrong word, but accepted, right? Like we accept this as the truth for this movie is that yeah. they don't over explain it. And you kind of learn as Tim learns. He yeah. doesn't get a lot of guidance from his father out the gate. His father immediately says, we can do this. He doesn't bother to say, oh, by the way, if one day you have kids, it's going to get a little complicated because if you go back in time and change something after the kids are born, then when you come back, the kids might be different or they might be gone, right? He doesn't, he doesn't tell him any of that stuff. We are mm -hmm. watching Tim discover it as he goes and therefore we are discovering it at the same time which means yeah. that we can accept the stumbles we can accept things that we don't fully understand because tim doesn't fully understand them yeah and, and i i think that makes the whole first interaction where he meets mary really interesting because i don't know that he fully understood the repercussions right and that and that is his selflessness he without you know we're going back to the the part where he helps harry he just doesn't doesn't really think about it and then after the fact he's scrolling through his phone and he's like oh crap mary's number is not in my phone anymore like and it, it, so it's almost like it, it's accidental selflessness but that doesn't stop him from doing similar things like that in the future he just knows he's a little bit more prepared to deal with those situations or those repercussions so i think you're right. I mean, learning these things as he learns them is really key rather than having, you know, a handbook <laughs> of, of how to deal with these. Well, situations. yeah. And, and the beauty of having a time travel movie is it, it automatically opens a thousand doors for good conflict. And the mm -hmm. one that they chose here that came, they just sort of built on, which I don't know if you've ever played a video game where you kind of learn little skills as you go and then, you know, the boss fight puts all the skills together. And by if you've ever played a video game that does this, it's if you've ever played a video game, right? Like that's how the, and this movie is like that. So when he goes back the first time to help Harry and he loses Mary, he gets her back in a different way. 
And then that's expanded on and compounded when he goes back to try to help his sister who, you know, she has like a DUI, she gets in an accident and gets just really hurt. But, you know, and, and Tim wants to take her back to not meet this guy who kind of sets her on the wrong path. And instead she has a great, beautiful life. But in doing that, his daughter, Tim's daughter suddenly becomes Tim's son. Because he went right. back in time, and then, you know, as he lived the life again, you know, and things played out, it ended up being a boy instead of a girl because he changed things. So in helping his sister, he lost his daughter. And so this is an instance where he he has to choose. And so he goes back and allows his sister Kit Kat to go through what she goes through so that he can get his daughter back, but finds a new way to help Kit Kat. And that's where he and Rachel McAdams sort of park in the hospital and we're like, we're not leaving until we figure out a way to do this. And you know what's great about that scene? And we'll get to this. I was going to save it for the family part, but it's, it's just happening. When they handle Kit Kat's addictions and her, her issues, he doesn't post up in the doctor's office and say, you need to go to this and you need to do that. And you need to do this. All they say is, we're going to sit here until we figure out a way. And then they say nothing else. And Kit Kat's like, you can go home. And they're like, no, we can't. Oh, you can go home. No, we can't. And Kit Kat is the one who says, I need to stop drinking. I need to stop dating bad guys. Right? It's her realization. It's her coming to her truth, which is so empowering. And just another little small example of how this movie really treats its subject matter with real care and this is i mean it and it feels real and what is really interesting about that scene in particular is uh by this point tim has already attempted to pick her up and drive her so she doesn't drive and get in dui he's then attempted to go back way into their childhood to prevent her from meeting this this boyfriend that has sort of kicked off this cycle of abuse and use and so on and that third attempt, when we were watching it, my wife says, well, he still could have at least picked her up. But no, because she wouldn't learn, right? She you wouldn't have that. Bottom. Epi- yeah, she wouldn't have that epiphany. So, yeah, he could have. And that might have been the nice thing or the, you know, in his mind, the easiest thing to do. But she, that wouldn't have gotten her off that track. You know, he knows she survives the accident at this point. So she's not going to die. But she needs to have that realization, right? Right. And I think that is the other thing that works well with this time travel is that we don't, it, nothing is focused on the butterfly effect, right? It's mentioned once by name. There mm-hmm. are those elements, like you mentioned, the baby changes. We see a little bit of them playing into that a little bit when he goes all the way back and with, uh, you know, to, to fix uh, Kit Kat's life. But we don't get hung up on that. It's not like the butterfly effect where you go back and you change one thing and suddenly the universe is different, right? It's mm-hmm. it's slight things. So we're never dragged into just complete, utter insanity. Like, And that makes those moments hilarious. When he comes home, nothing has changed. He's fixed his, his sister up. She's got a great life and a husband and... He comes home to Mary and his kid and he runs into the next room. He's like, where's my little baby? And instead of being this little blonde two-year-old girl, it is a dark brunette little boy. And he's like, oh. (laughs) Where is my baby? 
Right. That's not my kid. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it makes those moments really stand out and it makes them fun and cute and funnier than it would be if like suddenly, you know, uh, you know, he's president of the United States because he made his, you know, sister, uh, have a better life. Right. right? Like right. it's, it, it's not off the rails. Um, so it does, it handles all of that really well. The thing that gets a little dicey is there are moments where things, where those threads get tenuous and right. <sighs> that's when you start to overthink things. And I'm really talking about into the third act where he's well established into his time travel elements and how to do it. He's learned all these tricks, you know, like you're talking about in the boss fight, he knows how to, what information he needs to get from people. You know, I need the time, the address, you know, X, Y, Z to get himself into the right place. Well, and that's important. I'm glad you bring that up because he doesn't meet Mary at the restaurant. So he tries to meet her at an art show, a Kate Moss show that he knows she'll be at because he knows she loves Kate Moss. But Mm -hmm. when he, by the time he catches her there, she has met somebody else in the span, like the week where he would have met her. And now, and so now he has to figure out where, did they meet? And so right. he's really creepily interviewing her and the boyfriend to figure out the exact party at the exact house at the exact time because he cannot travel anywhere that he hasn't been. So, right. you know, he can't travel to the party. He has right. to travel to where he remembers being that day at a time that would allow him to get to the party on time, right? So there's, you know, there's there is complexity to it that they yeah. do handle well because he needs, like you were saying, he learns the the rules of the game and then right. those things play out. Yeah, where things get fast and loose though, and where you start to fall apart. Well, I'm not even fall apart, but where it starts to tug on my brain is you introduce this a lot of this early parts of this movie is him on his own living in london going off and doing his thing and into the second and third act there's a lot more about his family Mm -hmm. and so suddenly you have this introduction of his dad into this and so his dad can also do this so you start to have these moments of where you know how many when has his dad done this and this knowing suspicion between the two of them and that's where i start to get a little lost on how some of these mechanics work um i think you get this closing act where his the last time he meets his dad so uh him and mary are about to have their third kid Mm-hmm. And he knows that once this kid is born, um, his dad has died pr- prior to this kid. Um, right. His dad Mary- has died post kid two before kid right. three. And when Mary says, hey, I think I want to have a third. It hits him like a ton of bricks. because oh, He realizes at this point scene. he has to choose between having a third kid and never being able to go back in time to see his dad again. Because as we established, if he does, he could change the gender The movie is about time and this is a the third act like big moment he must choose between his past and his future and that is awesome yeah yeah so he goes back and they he meets his dad playing uh ping pong they they have this kind of table tennis uh is kind of a, a one of their hallmarks of their relationship and his dad something in this this moment grabs his dad's attention his dad is 
dead at this point, but he's gone back in time to a point where he's alive and his dad acknowledges, there's an acknowledgement that this is the last time they're going to see each other. Mm-hmm. And I get lost here <laughs> because his dad and him then go back in time even further. And they have this moment where Tim is a little kid and his dad is younger and they're on the beach together, but his dad has died. How can his dad go back in time from a time yeah so see tim you're already doing the thing you're not supposed to do rule number one is keep it simple rule number two is explain nothing and rule number three is for the viewer which is don't ask any questions tim it's time travel and it's not real because here's the thing it doesn't matter how good of a job you do it's not real and so you are trying to invent something that has you know, tenuous rules at best. Like you are, there, yeah. you know, there's precedence set by other fiction films. So yeah. here's the thing: the if you really start to like dive into it, you're asking yourself for trouble because yes. you know. I guess here would be my explanation to you because I really struggled with this too. Not because of the fact that they were traveling after the dad was dead, that kind of a thing, but rather that they've already made this big deal about the... I mean, the whole whole reason the scene... Truthfully, the ping pong scene should have been the last scene. That should Mm -hmm. have been the final scene of the movie because then it really puts a cap in 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 the in the father-son relationship it it allows for actual closure for for him to it's interesting and i know i'm sort of losing myself in my own train of thought but there's a lot to this moment that has like engrossed my brain and and you know we were going to break this down in like travel love story family story it's all one thing so Right. (laughs) right so this scene tim like i said tim's father is dead uh, and it happens between kid two and kid three. His wife wants kid three and, and he agrees. But the the complexity of this movie and what makes it so beautiful is that we lose. I, I My father died when I was young and um, my relationship with him was <laughs> very different than the relationship painted in this movie. But, you know, we all lose people in our lives and we must accept it immediately, right? Uh, it was only a couple years ago my grandfather passed away, who he and I were very close, and I loved him so, so much. I love him very much. And I had to mourn and grieve and go through that. You know, my sister was, she was especially close with my grandpa, and he died two days before her wedding. Like, mm-hmm. this is the stuff that movies are written, right? <laughs> like, right. And, and so she had to go through that. Tim has a unique experience where his father died, his mother is mourning, Mary is mourning. People yeah. are devastated by this. But Tim, he doesn't have to say goodbye yet. In right. fact, they show him on the day of the funeral, he goes into it like when everyone else is just bawling as they come down the stairs. Tim is kind of sad, but okay. And everyone is just losing it as they walk down the staircase. And then Tim goes into a closet and has a conversation with his dad and they talk about the funeral. And the dad's like, oh, is Uncle Desmond doing this? And is that right? So the moment where Rachel McAdams says she wants to have another baby is the first time, presumably in months since the death, 
that Tim has had to actually face losing his father. Because when the kid is born, he cannot travel back past the kid being born or else risk losing the kid. So the night where she's like about to pop, he goes back to meet with his dad. All of this is powerful. It is emotional. It is the crux of all of this. It is the first time that we have to really accept a genuine uh, consequence for yeah. our hero, right? Who yeah. who really can change anything and experience anything as many times as he wants. So this really right. gives a finality to and a limit to what he can do. Yeah. But then he and his dad travel back to being kids and where you're hung up on the, well, the dad is technically dead. My answer to that, which is how I started this whole rant is that, <laughs> that Tim goes back to meet his dad at a point where his dad is still alive. Now, right. the fact that in Tim's reality and in Tim's lifeline, his father is already dead. He has traveled back to a point, And this is another thing. He's not when you travel back in time, there are no there are not two Tims now in existence. Right. There's right. not a 2010 Tim and a 20, 2005 Tim. He right. replaces the the current Tim. And so there's only ever one Tim. So so Tim goes back to a point where his father is very much alive. And so right. from that point, his father can jump them back, hmm. right? Because his father, while dead in Tim's timeline, Tim has now entered a past timeline where his father ha is alive and has the power to travel time. Right. So, you know, but, but again, that part doesn't bother me so much. But the part that really bothered me is you've made this whole point about how this is your final moment with your dad. And then your dad negates all of that. By taking you back again and says, it's against the rules, but as long as we don't change anything, it should all be fine. And they go back to this time where Tim's like seven years old and the dad is young and they're skipping rocks and running through the water. And then presumably Tim goes back and everything's fine, right? Yeah. So yeah. it negates the finality. And that that is the problem that I have with it is if the ping pong scene is the last scene. This, this moment is so powerful because yeah. Tim has to say goodbye. Right. But if Tim can go and not change, theoretically, right, by that logic, as long as he just goes and plays the same ping pong game, he can see his dad forever. And yeah. they can even right. go back with his dad to a time his dad remembers, and as long as they don't change anything, right? So now you've yeah. kind of changed the game in the, in, the, in the final seconds of the third act, and yeah. you've sort of... I don't want to say ruined, but you put a real dumper in in the heart of what makes this so powerful. Yeah. And it kind of cheapened it. And and that was really disappointing. I wish they hadn't have done that. I wish it had been, this is it. And, and, yeah. and let's and, watch Tim mourn for the first time. And they sort of do the same thing when he when he goes back to fix Kit Kat's life. He brings her, present day her, yes. back. Like I he hated can hold that. her hand and take her back with him. So it's suddenly like, well, you could take anybody back so you don't mess up a situation. So like hyperbole, if he had known that, he could have called Mary up on a date and said, like, hey, Mary, we're gonna go back in time together and we're gonna meet out of play and then fix the play. So you just, it, it adds this other element where it's like, you know, yes, he's really close with his sister and you believe that he can, you can trust his sister to not tell anybody about this time travel thing. But then like, she's never even going to question her dad about it. Like, I just, 
it just adds another element where it's like she's not questioning any of this she doesn't question any of her own life like i'd be like freaking out like how many times have i lived this part of my life you know what i mean like yeah i guess the only thing with that is i guess technically he does that but then he has to go he goes i guess he goes back and undoes what he did to get his kid back so then now in the current timeline she doesn't she didn't go back in time so now no longer has a memory of it right but all that being said the fact that you can travel other people with you it i don't know it just it's an unnecessary muddying right he didn't have to take her with him he just had to go back and keep her from meeting this guy right and that was all he had to do you right. know, so we didn't have to muddy the waters with this whole taking someone else, um, right. which it was just too much. And then it still could have not worked and it could have led to the same thing. And then he goes back and under, right. Like everything else could have played out the same. But yeah. I agree. And, and that, you know, again, it, I think it tries to be a little bit too clever at the end. And I think it, it tries to give you this this heart moment with the dad and it and it tries to answer a lot of these questions. And I think it. There, there's one or two moments where it just overthinks it too much, and yeah. and then we don't need that. Um, and ultimately, like you said, it it does this well, and it does this well enough yes. that really, it's hard to free. <laughs> right, it's hard to remember that we started this with being like it's pretty good, and then it's like oh right. they ruined. It. <laughs> so you know, but that is the problem, like you stated earlier, with a time travel movie is if we want to sit here and start pulling on the threads you lose the points that were done really well. I mean, again, you go back to the pinnacle, which would be back to the future. And plenty of people have torn that apart too. When you really want to get into the nitty gritty of time travel, again, something that doesn't (laughs) exist. So all this to say to button it up, it does a really, really good job. And really we're being our own worst enemies by trying to debate something that is really inconsequential. Yes. And, And it's just like I said, watch this and accept it and it and don't think about it and it's fun and and the thing that really is the takeaway for me with this having time travel be part of a romantic comedy is a really really fun tool in a quiver that is already stacked with little tropes and meet cutes and all this great little stuff that if you're gonna go watch a movie like this you're already looking forward to and this just throws in a really cool element um that it's just it makes it really really fun okay so real quick just to kind of bring home a few other little points you know the love story the the story between mary and tim it's not remarkable you know the 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 love story in this is just like almost anything else you've seen in fact a lot of the fun and the funny comes from tim's time traveling and Mm -hmm. That brings a lot of great little moments. But, you know, you get your classic tropes of her trying on a thousand dresses and ending up with the first one she tried on. And, you you know, all the things that you expect, this movie delivers. And and I say that because, and when I say it's not remarkable, it's not, it, you know, it doesn't it reinvent the wheel. But when you sit down to watch a movie like this, it's the wheel that you want to see. And I feel like this really brings it to you. And it's, and it's a lot of fun. It's a really, really cute movie. I thought the meet cute was really sweet. And, and then I think the failure. So he meets her three times. The failure in the middle is just cringy and gross and terrible. 
but it humanizes Tim. He's just not a suave guy. And it's yeah. just through, like, it, it's just this idea of how much better could we be if we could learn from our own mistakes immediately, right? Yeah. Instead of yeah. hindsight. And so, you know, but again, in terms of the love story, nothing really great. I think Rachel McAdams, we talked about this already. She really transitions beautifully from love interest to wife to mother. You know, she is there for Tim. You know, she, his loss is her loss. And that power and the depth of their relationship resonates with any of us who either are in or have ever experienced anything even remotely close to, to what they yeah. have in this movie. And, and so if that's your through line, you're going to get it. Um, and, yep. and this movie spoke to me in the past through the love story that's what i remembered the most and i was amazed when i watched it the next time that like you tim i was really resonating more with the family um yeah yeah but anyways that's you know again there's not a lot to call out but except to say you're it's going to deliver what you want yeah I, and i think one of the sweetest moments of their love story is seeing how Tim chose or chose not to use his ability to time travel throughout their marriage after the manipulation of getting to the meet cute part. After that, right. he doesn't really use it too much on, I think when he meets her parents, they kind of do a redo because the first time he meets <laughs> her parents is like, That's it's just so horrible, good. but it's horrible for both of them. Right. So he yeah. does them both a favor. It's not truly, it's not just to, to cover his own, misgivings it is to cover both of them because it's just a they both say the most ridiculous things when they meet her parents um but the one that struck me the most was their wedding their wedding yeah. was a complete disaster it was and not for anything other than like the elements just destroyed it starts pouring right after their 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 ceremony and they have a tent outdoors and the tent gets ripped to sh everybody gets soaked going over to the reception and then the tent breaks and the water pours in on the reception and then the tent for good measure blows away and you're left with a <laughs> pile of cupcakes just like getting soaked in the rain i love that visual yeah it's 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 hilarious and they cram everybody into the their the parents house yeah the family and home. they're um doing the speeches and whatnot tim had sort of fretted over his best man uh and he was like well you know a best man is only as good as the the speech that they give and then they start speaking and they ruin the whole wedding because they they're just terrible so he does a, a do-over on his best men until his dad is his best man and gives a speech which we find out his dad has done over at least once in, in his own right which speaks to your moment and it's, yeah. it's a great part of this movie that both of them can do this and yep. and there's a couple times where tim will kind of ask his dad how many times have we had this conversation yeah. you know so this is a time where tim has done the wedding three times the dad has done it at least twice so this yeah. wedding or at least parts of it have happened five times <laughs> you right. know which is hilarious but this is the only part in the wedding that he chooses to redo and I, I, you know, my wife and I watched this together, and from the minute the wedding went to hell, I'm saying, "Oh, I'm doing this wedding over again. <laughs> I'm doing. I absolutely, I'm picking a different day. Go back, pick a different day, you know, whatever." And I'm like, "Why isn't he doing this? Why isn't he just picking a wholesale different day? What is going on with this?" 
And there is a moment uh, as the wedding's winding down. I think it's just the mom and the dad were dancing, I think, or the uncle. There's just a couple people left in the, the living room. Mm-hmm. And they're uh, kind of slow dancing. And, and Mary and Tim are sitting together. And um, he asks her. He finally says, like, you know, I don't know if he apologizes or this he is, says, like, Do you wish uh, we would have picked a better day or yeah. something like that? And he and she says, no, this day was perfect. And you in that moment you're like oh that's really sweet because like it's not that i would have not had a consideration for you know my my wife it's just that's not the day i would have wanted for our wedding and right. i would have just assumed that she didn't either but that is mary's character she is she's not a bridezilla and you know what i mean so her contentment with the way her life plays out is a great foil to Tim's ability. And it causes him to think about that at this point. Just think like, Oh, I'm going to take into consideration what she, and now if she said she was, it was a complete disaster and she was completely unhappy, then maybe he would have jumped back and, and done it even sooner, but she never was disappointed with her wedding. And I just thought that was so sweet. Right. Yeah. And that's not her because the goal of the day is to be with him forever. And that was accomplished. And, and that you're so right. It is so sweet. And, you know, I think there's a lot in this movie where the time travel, yes, it's used to fix mistakes and, and right wrongs and, and do the things that you expect it to do. But at the end, right. He, one of his final conversations with his dad is his dad, finally tells him the the right way to use this which yeah. is to live your day like it is and then at the end of the day with all i think the what he says is to to live it and experience it with all the tensions and stresses and that keep you from seeing how beautiful life is and then at the end of the day go back don't change a single thing but this time live it like you know, and notice the great things. And yeah. and so he does this for a while where he goes through. And so suddenly the movie shifts and it's less. And as Tim matures and we mature with him, and it's not about fixing your wrongs and doing things, but it's about enjoying life and, and recognizing the beauty in the hard times. And that culminates in the end, right? After the father has passed and he basically says, you know, I've taken it one step further than my father ever did. And like, I've even, I've, I've surpassed him at how good I am at this. And the way I'm good at this is that I don't do it anymore. He was like, I don't even travel even to relive the day. I just live every single day. Like it is the last time. And you know what I mean? So in the end, it, it just really comes home. It's a really gorgeous movie. I think you know, and so, uh, you know, again, we sort of touched on the love story. Then there's the family. And and just a few final words on this. They are so incredibly written. And you don't see a lot of them. But the moments that you see resonate so deeply and they stay with you. You know, I t- to be honest, you see the mother like four times. You mm-hmm. see the father only a handful of times. Mm-hmm. but they stick with you and you remember yeah. the scenes that they're in and you remember the interactions, yeah. but they're all very broken and, yes. and everything around him is broken. But of that is born this amazing story and, and the love that they share and, and how they, you know, their life 
as you watch it, right? Like when they have tea, they're having it rain or shine on the beach. They watch movies outside. Everything, it's this very bohemian, like just incredible life that I would kill to have. But yeah, right. it's like, I don't know. It's it's amazing. It's truly amazing. It's so heartwarming. It's so just lush. Like you just want, you want more of it. And yeah. and when you watch it, you just feel so good until the father dies and everything just goes to poo and it's like, oh God, you know, yeah. but, um, but again, there's something in this for everybody. If you have yeah. dealt with addiction, if you have dealt with anxiety, if you've dealt with, you know, you know, family loss and you, or you just relate to, you're really close with your family or you have mm-hmm. the love of your life or you struggle with friendships or, you know, you have a unrequited love and, or you've been absolutely humiliated or right. This movie yeah. covers all of that yeah. and, and allows anybody to get in there and appreciate and experience this in a way that will really speak to them. Yeah. Um, and I think, one of my favorite interactions within the family story is another one that highlights a lesson that I think Tim learns. Like, uh, you know, I pointed it out with the wedding where he, he learns that this ability, it's, it's not all about him and it's not all about his perspective on, you know, oh, this was a terrible situation. I need to fix this is with his uncle. Um, you know, he, we talked a little bit about struggling over the, the, um, the best man speech and then his dad subsequently struggling with it and doing it over once or twice. And the final one that he settled on was one where his dad says, I've only ever loved three men, uh, in my entire life. My brother-in-law Desmond, uncle Desmond, my son and BB King. Right. And we find out later on that, that meant the world to Desmond. He said that was right. the greatest day of my life. And yeah, the time travel played into that, but that brokenness that you mentioned that is all around, that broken day meant something to somebody else, right? It's yes. like, you know, his dad kept thinking he was getting it wrong, and then he settles on this this speech, and that ends up being the one that's right. Now, if they did it again, that might change that man's life, you know? So there's just that sweet moment. And I think it just serves as another lesson for Tim to not play around too much with this. And it fits into that overall, you know, ending, which is, I just don't do it. I just appreciate what is happening at the time. Because you never know how, how your life has affected someone you haven't even thought of. Right. It's so right. true. And that, that scene is so powerful. It's it's in the funeral. And Desmond yeah. is like, you know, at your wedding, your father said he loved me. And that was yeah. the best day of my life, which I guess makes this the worst. And you're just yeah. kind of like, oh, Desmond. It's yeah. such it's such a great, great movie. This movie gives you all the feels. I don't know, man. Yeah. I, I think this feels like a really good transition into the final thoughts and the ratings. Yeah. I, you know, we, I have sang the praises of this movie. The writing is incredible. The acting is, is impeccable. You know, Mm -hmm. Richard Curtis at his best. This movie is, is zeroed in and focused on one man's story in, in the vein of Notting Hill and others before it and less like love actually. And, and all the ensembles that that movie spawned. This movie really gives you 
a great, great story. And it's beautifully told. The music is gorgeous. Everything about this just sparks every emotion that you would expect to get and then some. And it's wonderful. This movie is wonderful. I highly, highly, highly recommend this movie. I own it in every possible way. And, and I certainly recommend it to anybody else who's into anything even remotely like this. It's an, it's an incredible film and, and one that it's, I mean, it's in my rotation. Like I will watch this movie regularly, um, and just let myself ride the, ride the roller coasters. I give this an eight out of 10, which for me, for a rom-com, like, I mean, for a rom-com, like a six or a seven out of 10 might as well be a 10. This yeah. movie is an eight. It's so, so good. Um, I mean, <laughs> barring trying to make sense of time travel, right. it's, it's almost perfect. It's a, it's a yeah. really, really great, great movie. Uh, I, I could not uh, agree more. I think that's a perfect uh, assessment. If everything it does so well, it, you know, it, it does. It feels, it really does feel stupid to, 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 to pull on those those threads and and pull that time travel stuff apart um it's just that's what we do <laughs> so that's yeah. what we have to talk about um and it's it's just not worth it because it is such a good you know it just does it, it all works so well and it all it is also sweet there are great moments throughout this movie that just highlight what a different movie this could have been as well and i think mm-hmm. that also is what makes this so great Based on some of Tim's choices, there, this movie could have been so completely different. And it takes you there. And there are certain points. There is a point where he meets up with Charlotte, who is like, who early in the movie, younger his in his younger life, he is certain as the love of his life. And mm-hmm. he learns that she she played with him. She played with his heart. Um, and he meets her years later while he's, um, you know, really with Mary before they're engaged and married. And you get to a point where, you know, they went out for coffee or drinks after they ran into each other and they go back to her apartment. And you're at this moment where you're right there with him. And you're thinking like, well, he could go and do this and then go back in time. And then it never really happened. And he didn't really cheat on her, except he did because he'd remember it, but it didn't actually. So you, you get these moments. There's, there's a couple of moments like that where he takes you to the edge and then it just pulls you back. And it just, again, highlights the sweet parts of this movie um, and where it could be a much different movie if you went in a different direction. But it, it all just ends up working so well, and it's enough um, to, 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 to play with your emotions a little bit there in those places. I mean, you're spot just... on, too. And Charlotte is key, because Charlotte's yeah. story early on sets the stage for... I When we were talking offline, I was like, it's just like the genie's line in Aladdin. You know, I yeah. can't make anybody fall in love. So it, 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 it makes... It's going to make time travel in a romantic movie okay because yeah. Charlotte proves that no matter how many times you go back, no matter how many times you try to do things in a way that will get Charlotte to love you, it will never happen. Because if yeah. she doesn't love you, she never will, no matter how hard you try to right. trick them into or fool them into falling in love with him. So, so Charlotte's important for that. And then the scene with her that you just mentioned, you immediately think to yourself, can you imagine this power in the hands of Harry or in the hands of Jay or in the hands of some of the other characters in this 
it would be awful. Or in Kit Kat's mm-hmm. boyfriend, you know what I mean? Yeah. They would do all the things that you would expect. Right. And and it really makes it really makes your hero in this. It really makes Tim so lovable and it makes this movie lovable because because there's enough salt to balance the sweet that it it may that justifies and validates the sweet right without harry and jay and some of these other moments and these glimpses of what could be right it it makes him genuinely lovable which is which is just it's awesome it's so well thought out and so well written I can't say enough. I just can't say yeah. enough. What do you What do yeah. you give it? I, I'm going to go with you on that uh, eight out of ten out of for 10, sure. Yeah. I, I just I I definitely could see this being in rotation. I 100 percent agree that if you if it hits you any sort of way, it's worth having on hand to watch. You know, later on in life, when you know after a loss or after the birth of a kid, like it's gonna touch you in different ways. Um, and it's just, it's, it is, it's just sweet. I, I really just keep coming back to it. It was just such a sweet movie and yeah. I really, really, really enjoyed it for sure. Awesome. Oh, another good one in the book. I love just yeah. watching good movies, man. Yeah. Yeah. And then just yeah. talking about it. So eight out of 10 from both of us, unanimous. Yeah. This movie's fantastic. Yep. Go check it out. Uh, watch it on Netflix if you haven't already or go buy it. Uh, trust me, you won't be disappointed. Let's see. Other than that, uh, we're in all the same places we've always been, guys. This podcast, wherever you get your podcasts, on Instagram for all kinds of epic content. Uh, we don't post Sundays because we're busy doing this and Sundays is for family. But yeah. uh, Monday through Saturday, I try to post a couple things and Tim shoots some stuff over. So uh, definitely check us out there at Pause Reviews, pictures, reviews, behind the scenes stuff whatever there's all kinds of stuff there and if there's anything you want to see or hear more about or recommendations requests questions whatever you can just dm them there comment on mm-hmm. our posts you know i i try to respond to to anyone who comments so um so shoot it to us there otherwise you can go to the website pausedreviews.com you can follow links to where you can listen to this you can contact us through there everything's there too you can email us directly at pause reviews or sorry at uh pause reviews at gmail.com uh same same stuff questions whatever you guys want let's see next week is a rewind so no yep. homework we will provide all the sustenance that you need uh yeah. you just come kick back and listen and then um and that episode will tell you what we're gonna do next we haven't quite figured that out yet so yeah. you've got some time if you have some requests we're happy yep. to take them uh what else tim you got anything else man before we sign off no i think uh i, th- I think that covers it for now sweet yeah i think i'm gonna go watch four weddings and a funeral yeah because nice. why not All right, guys. Uh, Thank you. Thank you so much for following and liking and sharing and and all the great stuff. We really appreciate it. Um, And we will catch you on the next one. As always, I'm your boy, Frank. This is Tim. And we'll see you when we see you. Peace. Peace.